You're listening to a Roddenberry podcast. I'm Ryan Myers, and this is your Sci-Fi 5. Five minutes of science fiction history for November 23rd. It's 5.15 on a Saturday evening in Great Britain. As you sit in front of your government-licensed television, preparing to watch a new BBC science fiction show, you learn the distressing news that the American president, John F. Kennedy, had been assassinated the previous day. Kennedy, the popular and enigmatic architect of the space race, has been violently killed. And as you contemplate the enormity of this moment, the program you tuned in to watch begins. Most viewers that evening had no idea that what they saw would evolve into one of the most iconic and long-lived television shows of all time. In fact, they had no idea that what they saw broadcast on November 23, 1963, was a far cry from the show originally pitched to the BBC. In March 1962, BBC executives requested a study on whether science fiction could be adapted for television. The answer they received from their staff was, not really. The BBC wasn't totally against the idea, but they did believe that any televised science fiction must not be written by proper sci-fi authors. In their mind, such stories were too fringe, too cerebral for the general television audience. Writers of sci-fi believed in too much philosophy and not enough action. The executives went on to produce a set of rules which seemed to contradict their own study's findings. The three rules they settled on for the future of BBC science fiction were, number one, no bug-eyed monsters, number two, no tin robots, and number three, no elaborate sci-fi settings. But their application had to wait until 1963 and the arrival of Sidney Newman, an executive hired away from rival broadcast studio ITV and a devoted fan of science fiction. The new head of drama took on the task of keeping viewers tuned in between the popular sports showcase grandstand and the pop music program Jukebox Jury. He decided that a science fiction show could keep both adults and younger viewers engaged in that slot, and directed his staff, including writer C.E. Weber, to come up with one. Initially, Weber's idea for Doctor Who was a team of space and time troubleshooters. In fact, that was one pass at the show's title, simply The Troubleshooters. Partners in a firm of scientific consultants was the actual pitch. Newman took that idea and came up with the idea of an educational series featuring a time machine bigger on the inside than the outside and the idea of the central character, the mysterious Doctor Who. Further development of the ideas went from simple to outrageous. At different points, the character of the Doctor was described as an amnesiac, a near-psychopath, and on a secret mission to destroy the future. He's a veteran of an untold war who has what can only be described as PTSD. He is at times vindictive and caring, altruistic and cruel. The machine itself was initially supposed to blend into its historical surroundings, but budgetary considerations instead necessitated the faulty disguise device that has given us its iconic police box shape ever since that first appearance. The first televised episode, An Unearthly Child, was rebroadcast the following week, just before the second episode, in an unexpected response to the delay on its premiere date the week earlier after the Kennedy assassination. This was an unusual thing for the BBC to do, but this may have been one of the reasons that Doctor Who became as popular with the British viewing public as it is today. 
If enough people had not been enticed to watch this new, strange, and experimental science fiction show, maybe they wouldn't have stuck around to see the second serialized episode, and the introduction of one of the most truly menacing and original evil races in history, the Daleks. Doctor Who is a piece of science fiction history that has stood the test of time, and continues to engage and entertain audiences more than half a century later. From its humble beginnings, it has become a foundational element of science fiction television. It is quite fitting that its complex history, when explored, is bigger on the inside. This has been 5 Minutes of Science Fiction History, your daily Sci-Fi 5, for November 23rd. Sci-Fi 5 is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.